0: Hello and welcome to the Headfirst Podcast. My name's Joe O'Brien, I'm your host and creator of the Headfirst Podcast, and the Headfirst Instagram page which you can find using the handle HeadfirstZero. This podcast is here to bring you all things psychology and mental health, so check out the other episodes if you have an interest in psychology and in mental health. This podcast is sponsored by Spectrum Mental Health, who are a mental health company who do counselling and psychotherapy, as well as corporate psychology services. So I work within their clinical team. If you have any questions regarding the services that I provide or the services that Spectrum provide, you can email me at joeobryan at mentalhealth.ie or contact me through my Instagram page. Today's episode is all about how we speak about mental health issues um, and namely how we refer to them being disorders. Um, We hear mental health disorders an awful lot. Um, But what if mental health issues weren't actually disordered? So I guess I want to propose a different way of looking at mental health issues. So what comes into your mind when you think about somebody having a mental health issue? Because for some people, they think maybe someone's brain isn't functioning right. Um, Maybe they're broken um, in some way or that they need to fix whatever's going on. I often hear the term brain disease. Maybe that's what comes to mind for you. Um, That kind of mental health disorders mean that someone's mind isn't functioning normally or appropriately. So what I want to propose um, is kind of a new way of thinking about mental health issues that maybe you haven't considered before. And to be honest, it's only something that I've started considering recently after speaking with a lot of people in this field and um, I guess doing more reading around it. Because we hear the terms, mental health disorders, quite a lot. Eating disorder, post-traumatic stress disorder, anxiety disorder, major depressive disorder. These are all really common terms in psychology and in mental health. Everything is referred to as disordered. But what if some of them aren't disordered at all? The very term itself suggests that these ways of thinking or behaving or responding are disordered, meaning that they're out of normal order. I guess the medical interpretation would be a disruption to normal functioning. But what if it wasn't though? What if it wasn't actually a disruption to normal functioning, but in fact was an entirely normal function? Now this might seem confusing to think that responding in a way that you could be diagnosed with a mental health disorder would be a normal function. Um, and it might seem confusing, so I'll, I'll, I'll explain it. Um, and I know that there's lots of people in the field of, of psychology that believe that some mental health issues are actually entirely functional and appropriate responses and shouldn't be considered disordered at all. So I'm going to start with this example. If the, if the parent of a toddler bursts a balloon in their child's face, the child is going to get a fright they'll recognize that as threatening or scary. And if they do that continually, the child might not like balloons anymore or actually grow to kind of fear balloons. Um, so they've learned to believe that balloons are gonna be a threat or they're gonna be scary, that the experience is gonna be distressing if um, balloons are around. If the experience was very traumatic for the toddler, they might just avoid balloons altogether. They might not like balloons anymore. So the child essentially learns that balloons are loud and scary and that they're something to be avoided. The child grows up with parents who find it really funny at how the child reacts whenever they burst a balloon near their child, so they continue to do it. Um, But for the child, it's actually quite a distressing experience. When the child grows up and they go to their friend's birthday party, they get a balloon thrown towards their face and they panic. They have this really distressing reaction. Their heart rate goes sky high They run out of the room, away from all the balloons, and in fact, they actually begin avoiding birthday parties from from then on, just in case that that happens again. Now, if you're at that party, you might think that this person has a phobia. They have a mental health disorder, that they're scared of balloons. And in order to, to get rid of that or change that or fix it, they should get treatment, that that's not for want of a better word, normal, that there's something wrong with how their brain works because they're afraid of balloons. But from the alternative perspective, the child has actually learned that balloons were scary. When you think about this from an evolutionary perspective, and I think this is really important to grasp, staying away from things that are scary is a good survival mechanism. So the child learned to stay away from balloons when balloons were close to that child's face, scary and distressing things happened. So in fact, it was a really appropriate and actually very functional, like very important for survival, um, for the brain to react and respond to something um, that was distressing. If we saw that behavior out of context, we'd think, well, that's that's really strange. But with the context, it makes sense. It's a normal, functional reaction. Um, so although you might fall into the category of having a disorder, for example, a child who has a phobia, it was actually a very functional human response. So that example might seem a little unrealistic. So what I'll do is I'll give you a real life example. Let's say growing up, someone comes from a home where they their parents were repeatedly violent towards them or somebody in the home was very violent towards them. And when things got really hard for that person, the only way they could make that distress a little bit easier was to turn to alcohol to manage. So alcohol essentially eased the pain in what was an incredibly difficult circumstance. So that person left home at the first opportunity but five years later things got really difficult in their personal life so they drank. They did the only thing that they knew how to do in a very difficult situation. So they never that person never learned any healthy coping strategies because they were never available to them. Um, what they did is they did their best to get by at the time. Um, sometimes, I guess, in the absence of, of other coping strategies. So for this person, if you saw their behavior, you would think they have an alcohol use disorder. Um, or sometimes we, we refer to addiction as a disease. But unless you learn different coping strategies or... Um, I guess what some people would call helpful or healthy coping strategies. How can that person ever expect to to just be able to do that if they've never learned that? If they were never shown a healthy coping strategy, how would they know what it is? So what I'm saying is, ask yourself this. Is the behavior, is the alcohol use disordered? Or is it just the way that that person learned to cope or to respond in the face of, of some distress? So is it just the way they learn to manage, or even in the absence of other options, like I said earlier? Maybe in that home, those, I guess, healthier options or more helpful options um, weren't available to that person. So is it disordered or is it actually entirely understandable and functional as, as a human's behavior? Um, now you might say, and I've heard this argument used an awful lot in psychology, well, after they moved home, Um, or after they moved out of home, sorry, there was other coping strategies available. So they should have used some of those other coping strategies. But what if they never learned? And, And like I said, in an abusive home, how would they have learned that there are other options? Like, for example, one of the recommendations might be speak to somebody you trust. How would they know that they're able to trust other people if the people that were supposed to care for them weren't caring for them? So that person mightn't have been able to even have the option of learning about how to trust somebody or how to open up or how to use other supports. The example I like to use is that if you've never ridden a bike before and someone tells you how to ride a bike, or if you just read a book about how to ride a bike, you're not just automatically able to ride the bike. You still have to practice it and you still have to learn the skill. If you've never learned, how can you be expected to be able to do it? Um, similar with the the alcohol situation, if that person has never learned any other coping strategies, how are they expected to do them? And even if someone tells them about it, like telling someone how to ride a bike, you still need to be able to practice and, and learn that new skill because if it's never been developed before, it's something that needs practice. So when you look back and say, well, why didn't they use another coping strategy? Well, because they never learned one. They did what they could to get by um but they never maybe experienced any other ways of coping so what happened later on when they maybe returned to to alcohol was that they were simply going back to a method of reducing distress the that they had learned again a functional response at the time but maybe wasn't helpful anymore i think what some people get from for example going to therapy would be learning that you can have a safe relationship for somebody with, or with somebody who, who isn't actually going to hurt you. That you can have a, a safe and containing relationship. And I think part of it is learning that there are other ways to manage. Not just being told about it, but learning that there are other ways to manage without turning to something like alcohol. The thing is, the alcohol in this example served a purpose at the time. It got someone through a difficult situation or eased that pain a little bit but that isn't helpful for them anymore and it actually might be doing them some harm. Maybe someone used alcohol because it was the only thing that's available, but again, you can substitute alcohol with things like food, things like sexual behavior. Um, some might experience different emotional responses. So the response can actually vary, but often it has or, or has served a, a purpose at some point, um, even if it's not right then in that moment. So I think, therapy for some people is about realizing that maybe they're not broken and um, maybe they're not disordered or dysfunctional and that maybe their response was a coping strategy at the time but it's not helpful anymore and maybe it was the way that they had learned to just get by in the world without having to experience those extreme levels of, of distress. So I could go actually through so many examples of how some of these mental health issues aren't necessarily disordered they're just sometimes not always but sometimes just a learned um a learned response and like i said you can substitute alcohol with things like food or or gambling or all these kind of behavioral coping strategies it can be the same with the emotional responses if you think about depression is someone disordered um if they're depressed or is that emotional response or those symptoms i guess giving them some sort of information about what's going on for them is the feeling associated with depression one that's telling them that they're actually missing something is it telling them that they've got something bothering them that they need support with or maybe is it telling them that something difficult is going on so we call it a disorder but is it disorder to feel really down or numb if you've got a job that doesn't fulfill you or Is it a disorder or is it disordered to feel really down if you're incredibly lonely or you haven't got any really positive relationships in your life? Is it disordered or is it actually an appropriate response to what's happening or maybe what's something that's happened before? I think a really good example of this is bereavement. If you think about bereavement, for example, if you've ever lost somebody close to you in the aftermath of a bereavement, Most people will probably meet the criteria to be diagnosed with depression. Um, But a lot of mental health professionals won't refer to that as depression because it's an entirely appropriate response. The symptoms are a response to something. They're saying that you feel this way because you've had a really difficult experience or um, maybe a big part of your life has been lost. So we don't really call that disordered because it's really appropriate, right? If you saw it out of context, again, without the kind of background, you might think, well, this person has depression or they're mentally unwell and they need help. But with the context, it's a very normal response. And maybe with more context of other people's experiences, we wouldn't consider, consider them broken or unwell. We'd understand how normal an experience um, some of these symptoms actually are. So maybe depression is a response that is telling us something, that we're maybe missing a social connection or we're lacking some sort of meaning or purpose in our lives. Maybe we're not part of a a community or we're we're without love or relationships. Um, Maybe we don't find any meaning in our work. Maybe these symptoms aren't disordered at all, but rather normal and actually important information. There's actually a framework developed by um, Lucy Johnstone called the Power Threat Meaning Framework. So it's designed to replace the idea that we're mentally ill or that we're weak or that we're broken or that we're actually at fault for having difficulties with our mental health. Instead, it refers to our symptoms as responses um, and specifically responses to threats. So if you take some of the common mental health issues from the DSM and you look at these symptoms, so many of these could be considered very functional or protective responses to something that has either happened to you in the past or is happen to you, happening to you right now. To me, this kind of idea makes a lot more sense because in my opinion, mental health issues often aren't necessarily disordered. They're not um, an absence of normal functioning. In fact, a lot of them are normal functioning. And a part of being a human is is responding in that way Um, you might say well then how can how can one person manage a difficult experience when the other person who's had the same experience not manage that well and the thing is that you might be able to manage if you've learned how to manage everyone experiences their their own reality and we all see the world through our own lens and everybody has different levels of resilience for different things so for one person they won't have any difficulty if they were dumped in their first ever really close relationship or important relationship for another person that can have a lasting impact. So neither response is wrong or disordered, they're just different. No two people are identical and they can experience the same type of experience entirely differently. I think a really good example of this is actually lockdown and the pandemic um, because some people who I've spoken to who have been at home they're They're having a fantastic time. They think it's it's delightful that they're they're delighted that they can stay at home. For others, it's absolutely unbearable and has been has been a massive struggle. So it depends on so many of these different variables, including people's past experiences and present circumstances. I guess what I wanted you to get from this piece is to. Consider removing the idea that if someone has a mental health issue, that they're broken or that there's something wrong with them or that they're diseased for being the way that they are. The reality is for lots of mental health issues that there's a very appropriate and functional response um, for them to be the way that they are. And maybe some mental health disorders aren't disordered at all. Now, I'm not saying that there's... wrong or a right but it is something to think about and I think in terms of removing the stigma around mental health understanding how normal it is is really important and I think all types of emotional and behavioral responses to difficult experiences um, are part of being a human Um, so that's all I wanted to really say about about this piece I really hope you got something from that and shoot me a message to let me know what your thoughts are thank you